Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me today, New Hope Radio. And we have a very informative program for you today. So if you know anyone that's in elementary school, high school, middle school, you have children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, this is a good day to tune in. Talking about education this week, the difference between Christian education and secular education in the government schools. I'll tell you what, what a difference it is. I have someone helping me out today with the program, Pastor Dave Orcoin, formerly of Abundant Life Church in Swansea. Pastor Dave, hey, thank you for coming on board and helping me out today. Dave, it's great to be with you. I've always enjoyed your friendship, and I think in this area, you and I have a lot of agreement and a lot in common. We certainly do. And um, you're formerly a pastor. You gave many, many years to building a church. You did such a great job there. But God has called you now into something different, hasn't he? Yes, it's been uh, probably a five-year process, and especially in the last three years. And uh, I've resigned my pastorate to get myself fully to the—now we've rebranded to call ourselves the Rhode Island Family Institute, uh, formerly the Family Policy Alliance of Rhode Island. But we're engaged in effect in influencing policy at our state house. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now, that policy is affecting schools. We're very much involved in what's happening in schools. Well, we need that. And before we talk about education, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you folks are working on to help us with our society, Dave. That's how I see it. Our society is changing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, culture has changed dramatically. Uh, our traditional values have been pretty much set aside. Uh, and I think there are a lot of special interest groups that are pushing a morality and an agenda that many of us really don't want to be a part of. So what is it that people can do to get information on this and how can they, cause we need to be informed, right? Information's oh, our friend. Yeah. How can we get informed on these, on these things? Right now, uh, we're in, in, we're beginning to put our website together, but it's not up yet. But if you'd like to find some, uh, find some information, uh, for as far as your kids, uh, we have something called the Parents Resource Guide, mm-hmm. and you can download it for free at that, the parent, uh, I'm sorry, parentsresourceguide.com. And um, if you go there, you'll find a lot of information on what's affecting our kids today. Uh, we address the transgender issue, which is really so um, prevalent in our schools right now and affecting kids dramatically. And isn't it something how things like this are permeating what's supposed to be an educational system? Yeah. It's about reading, writing, and arithmetic. And that seems to be, well, taking a back seat to some of these other social issues. It is. You know, Dave, um, parents are supposed to be the primary educators of their children. Mm-hmm. And parents might choose to send their kids to a public school, a private school, uh, but they are the ones who know what's best for their kids. And what we're seeing more and more is that the government is actually separating parents, their rights, mm-hmm. uh, from their involvement in educating kids. What used to be a given was that teachers wanted parents to be involved mm-hmm. in their kids' education. Uh, now that's changed and parents are being left out. I think the philosophy now is that when you drop your kids off at school, they don't belong to you anymore. Right. They right. now belong to the school. Yeah. It's that Marxist communist philosophy that has really indoctrinated and inf- infiltrated our schools. 
And uh, we have a lot of good teachers, Dave, but there mm-hmm. are a lot of teachers that are activists, and they are using their ideology uh, with the with the kids in the, mm-hmm. in their um, in their classes. So let's talk about this because let's face it, we are raising up the next generation, and uh, if, if if these kids grow up with an atheistic viewpoint toward life, it's over. It's over for this country, and God needs to be part of a system, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I'm reading a book. It's called 100 Bible Verses That uh, Influenced America. And it's interesting that in the beginning, our history of America, Judeo-Christian principles and biblical principles were part of that foundation. A lot of our laws were based on the Bible. And uh, that has been... That has changed over the years, and especially more so in recent years. Well, schools began in the churches until Karl Marx had a bright idea to put them into the government buildings, and then everything started to change. Harvard, Princeton, Yale, these were all higher institutions that were uh, based really on biblical values. Yeah. So let me ask you, what is lacking in the government school system today? What's lacking that these kids are not getting? Well, I guess that issue of morality, a mm-hmm. traditional morality. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're seeing transgenderism pushed in mm-hmm. our public schools today. Uh, the uh, present administration uh, really was just pushing it even more so almost. Well, the, but the executive order was saying that uh, from our president, that if someone was given to the LGBT or transgender lifestyle philosophy, you could not change that at all. Mm. Uh, that it was a law that was passed in Rhode Island that you could not counsel a minor away from the LGBTQ or transgender lifestyle. Now, uh, President Biden has made that an executive order. Well, the part about that that's very concerning is that if you don't do it, uh, you can be fined. If you steer kids away from that lifestyle, you can be fined mm. um, and probably at, at some point be thrown in jail. Mm. Uh, that kind of thing. So uh, we're at a real oh. crossroads in life, yeah. and I think schools are going to be uh, a battleground, and Christian schools mm. can be a real asset for families. So that leads me to the next question. What does seem to be the major emphasis of the school then? It used to be pre- preparing for adulthood, for a career, reading, writing, arithmetic. The emphasis has changed. What do you think it is now? I think there are certain lobbying groups that have uh, exercised power and influence. And so um, schools have become a in, a place for indoctrinating kids, mm. wow. according to certain ideologies. Dave, the concerning part is that they go around parent, parents to do this. Mm-hmm. They go around parental rights. Mm. And, uh, and that used to be happening uh, to some degree. Now it's happening to a large degree. Like you said, uh, parents are almost expected to drop their kids off at school, and now they become the school's, uh, the wards of the school. Right, right. And uh, parents, their, their, their fundamental rights as parents are just mm. uh, being taken away. It makes me wonder if people that are in the school system even have kids. Because what they subject <laughs> the kids to... Yeah. I mean, do they have kids? Would they subject their own kids to something like this? It, it just, it just yeah, boggles the mind, you know. I think many parents just don't realize what's going on. Many don't, but I think you'd agree with me that it's starting, they're starting to wake up. Mm. More and more parents, I think COVID has helped parents to see what their kids are getting for curriculums mm-hmm. because of the online, going online. So all of a sudden now, 
parent, and we saw it in Virginia. It affected who was who was elected governor mm-hmm. uh, in in Virginia as a result. Um, parents just didn't know, but they are waking up. That was the silver lining, wasn't it? And that dark cloud when oh, oh, kids yeah. were learning at home and parents could yeah. look on the screen and see what these kids were involved with. And yeah. it was a real wake-up call for they them. They were shocked. They really were. Yeah. So that, something good at least came out of that. Yeah. Anyway, you know what I noticed about young people today, Dave, too? That they seem to be more of on a violent bent. Kids seem to be violent today. They're not contented. They're not loving. They just seem to have... I don't know what it is, a, a chip on their shoulder, or I wonder what's causing that. Is it a sense of um, not being acknowledged or affirmed, and they're just st- lashing out? Is it video games? Is it curriculum? Is it what's happening with this generation? It's probably a little bit of everything that you mentioned. Um, it is true. I think nationwide, um, the uh, violent acts by teens uh, mm. has been something that's been documented. Uh, I know one thing that I can mention, maybe uh, later you could talk, uh, we could talk a little bit more about it, but uh, legalized, uh, recreational marijuana was just legalized in Rhode Island. And in Colorado, it happened in 2012. And one of the things they found is that uh, regular usage of uh, pot smoking, regular uh, cannabis use in teens um increased that violence. Mm. Uh, they found that it affected kids' way of thinking. And so that may be a part of it. Uh, I think our culture has become more violent, as you've seen with demonstrations mm-hmm. and riots. Mm-hmm. Rather than responding with dialogue and uh, 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 talking about ideas and, mm-hmm. and debating these ideas, uh, it's become more things are being forced on us. and Very little tolerance yes. as well. I would say. So now we're looking at, I don't know, I would call this maybe the fruit of public education. It's not all kids. A lot of kids come through very well because they want to learn. But there's a large percentage of kids, they really don't want to learn. They go to school because they have to, but they turn school into something other than getting an education so they can have a nice career. They just turn it into something else. But um, when you think about Christian schools, how does an education from a Christian school differ from that of a government school? Well, number one, I think uh, there's a certain moral value. There's an ethics that are taught that are not taught in the public schools. Mm. Um, so Judeo-Christian ethics and values are something that are usually a foundation for for uh, Christian schools. And um, so it makes a difference in how kids live. Mm. Your, your worldview how you filter, how you see the world is filtered mm. through this, through this worldview. Mm. If you have a biblical worldview, it makes a big difference, uh, than a secular worldview. Do you think a belief in God could add value to someone's life? Someone that believes in their creator, that they've been created by God, made in his image. Do you think that person sees themselves as more valuable to God than someone that says there is no God, All maybe right. I'm an accident, I'm an explosion. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a whole different, as you said, worldview. Is, you think God in the middle of it plays a part, yeah. makes a difference. Um, I went to a, a, a Christian school, um, but I know that many of my friends didn't were taught evolution. Well, the principle behind evolution is survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to live like that, survival of the fittest, um, that's a violent 
way to live. Well, Otherwise, close you the want hospitals, to come out right? I mean, we're kind of close the hospitals then because we're hurting mankind. Survival yeah. of the fittest is only the strong survive. Right. So but when of, you get into a Christian yeah. education, just the golden rule, uh, loving your neighbor as yourself, mm-hmm. uh, that's different than a secular mm-hmm. perspective. Um, and I think you learn more of that in a Christian school. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about it, six hours a day of indoctrination, yep. that's probably more time spent than a parent spends with their own children, six hours oh, yeah. a day. Yeah. So you think about, a parent needs to realize, well, what's going in my child's brain for yeah. six hours a day? Yeah. Because it does make a difference. Um, Dave, going back to what you were just talking about there, why, why are kids more violent? Um, one of the things to me is the breakup of the family. Mm. And so when you have uh, homes, uh, a lot, a lot, uh, actually, I read an article where these mass shooters, mm-hmm. uh, there was a study done, and every single one of the mass shooters for the last many, many years uh, came from a fatherless home. Mm-hmm. And I think the studies show that in prisons, uh, 85% of men in prison came from fatherless homes. Mm-hmm. So we've got to get back to building up the family. Right. And uh, and I don't think public schools are doing that. If they're teaching uh, LGBTQ, transgender uh, philosophy, mm-hmm. you're not talking about a home with a husband a, uh, and a wife, a mother and a father. Uh, you're talking about hybrid homes, redefining mm-hmm. the family. And that's where I think a lot of kids are in the lurch, and they are really are looking uh, to be loved, to mm-hmm. know that they have value, and not to say that... Um, Homes, uh, in other words, that's the best place to bring up a kid is right. when a home with a mother and a father. Right, and I know it's true in our school. We have a Christian school here, but other schools as well. The teachers love the students. Yeah, they do. They really love them. They pray for them. Many times they pray with them. Yeah, and when you have that kind of relationship between teacher and student, that student will be motivated. Yeah, and they will be affirmed, it and they're going to they want to learn. Yeah, but if they're just a number and there's distance between the teacher and the teacher's void of the spirit, yeah. many times they don't even know how to love right. a student. It makes learning very difficult in the government school. Yeah, it really. Does. Yeah, and you're prohibited from praying with kids and talking mm-hmm. to kids about God in government schools. So should parents take more of an interest in their child's education than they do? Oh, yeah. And again, going back to COVID, I think it's helped parents to realize how important that is. Uh, it's It's gone through a period, I think, where both parents are working, and so their kids are sent off to school uh, thinking the school's going to do the job. And parents have delegated too much hmm. authority to the schools. The day of trusting the school is behind us. Oh, yeah. There was a time when, yes, you could send. I remember when I went to school, when I was young, um, and we walked two miles in the snow. (laughs) (laughs) But if I got in trouble in school, I got in double trouble when I got home. Yeah. Nowadays, you get in trouble in school, what's wrong with that teacher? It's so different. Everything is just upside down. And we feared. We feared in school. We were on our best, for the most part. Yep. We tried to be on good behavior because we respected authority. 
we had a, a sense of fear. Yeah. You know, wait till your father gets home. You know, yeah. you're in real trouble then. And all that seems to be gone today. Yeah. Like you said, the breakdown well, of the family. Well, and- you and I are, are both involved in helping uh, Christian schools mm-hmm. uh, get going. Uh, we're working hard at that. Mm-hmm. And I think we're trying to recapture that, to turn that ship around so that mm-hmm. once again, uh, we can have what should be happening, where parents are involved with teachers and educating their kids. Yeah, and I want to encourage all of you, parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, to really consider Christian school for your children. Really consider it, because it really is a lifesaver. Dave, maybe you you can recommend. I mean, there's a lot of good Christian schools in the area, Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Let's let the audience know some of these schools, if if they're in a more of a local geographic area, they might want to call a school and get some information because we're not competing. We're all working toward the same goal to raise our kids, to prepare them for life and to give them a knowledge of God at the same time. So we're all working together with these Christian schools. So what are some of the schools people might consider? Well, Dave, you and I have uh, been working with a group that want to form a coalition so that they can share resources, give a better education, and actually be ready for a lot of kids that are going to come out of the the, the public schools. So uh, let me just name the ones that you and I are familiar with. I'm sure there are others, but uh, Grace Baptist School in Attleboro mm-hmm. is one. Uh, Dayspring Christian Academy also in South Attleboro is another. Mm-hmm. Dave, you're your church, and for the last two years, you've had a real burden to do this. And so here at New Hope, you have the Academy of Higher Learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then West Bay Christian Academy, that's over in, I believe, in North Kingstown or that area. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've been around for many years, and they do a great job. Um, Barrington Baptist uh, uh School as well, yep. back Barrington Christian Academy, uh, over in Barrington, they are doing a great job. Uh, then there's Seekonk Christian Academy, mm-hmm. uh, that's a, a product of uh, uh, Faith Christian Center, but Seekonk Christian Academy has been around for a while. And then uh, recently we've got uh, in, we got introduced to Ace Gate uh, Christian Academy in Fall River. So these are all schools that. You can Google, find out their contact information. Uh, you could probably even email um, your church, Dave, sure, or, or your, sure. your radio program, and that information can be gotten to you. Sure, because again, we, we you know, we, we all have the same vision. Yeah. And the vision is to rescue the kids, yeah. give them a good foundation, a godly education. And let's face it, if the kids are in Sunday school an hour a week, can that really compete with 30 hours a week? In a government school? I don't think so. No. No. Uh, My first experience with a Christian school was I was on staff at a church in Torrington a number of years ago, and they had a Christian school there, about 125 kids, and it was a great school. And I would help out, and there was one course, because I I was a science major. I was a medical technologist Mm -hmm. before becoming a pastor. And when I was in college, I had to research uh, creationism Mm -hmm. uh, to fight the doctrine of evolution. Well, these kids were getting these study modules on creation, Mm -hmm. and it was right there put together for them. Mm -hmm. I would have to go searching and spend money to to find that. And I was doing a midweek Bible study, and and I took one of those modules, those books, into the parents, and I said, listen, I had to work hard to find out this Mm -hmm. information. Your kids can get it right here in the school. 
And at a young uh, age, take it, yes, yes, take advantage of it. Right. Just think, what a, what a difference between creation and evolution. You said it before. Mm-hmm. Creation, you are a special creation. Right. God created you with purpose. Mm-hmm. Evolution, you're just by chance. Yeah, you're an accident. Yeah, that's right. And you know, you think about it. I got saved in my late twenties. Yep. But my first years before that was a train wreck. <laughs> yeah. I didn't go to Christian school. I don't even know if there were Christian schools in those days. I don't know. <laughs> but if you can get your children into a Christian school in the elementary grades, oh. that's the foundation. Yeah. They're going to yeah. build on that foundation. And over the years, it's just going to get stronger and stronger. When they face adulthood, they're going to have a pretty good worldview, as yeah. you said. Yeah. A worldview is how you see what's taking place right. in the world, how you filter all the events. Right. Um, so... To have a biblical worldview is 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 not something that comes natural. You, you really need to be taught. Christian schools teach kids how to see the world through mm-hmm. a biblical lens, and that creates a foundation for the rest mm-hmm. of their life. Yep. Now we know when we talk about Christian school, there is a cost. Yes. But it's a sacrifice. But you know what I believe, Dave? I believe we sacrifice for what we want. Yeah. For what we believe in. And you sacrifice for things that are important. Yeah. I'm, I guess we were pretty important to God because he sent his son to yeah. sacrifice himself for us. Yes. So parents don't think, oh, you know, I can't afford to send my child to Christian school. First of all, find out. All the schools have different tuition costs. Yeah. Many schools work with the families. Yeah. They try to give them a sliding scale. There could be scholarships, but don't just say, I don't have the money for it. Do the right. homework, do the investigation because yes. you know what? Your child's soul out. is definitely worth it. Yeah. One of the things with uh, the Rhode Island Family, um, Institute we're trying to do is to push a voucher system in Rhode Island. And when I've asked politicians in in the past if that was possible, they all they all said no. But with all this crisis in our schools, mm. the loss of parental rights, I think we might see that on the on the ballot or some legislation that uh, Christian vo- uh, school vouchers. So in other words, Dave, that means that the the money from your tax money would follow the child. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so wherever that child goes to school, that's where that tax money would go, the voucher system. Right. What was impossible before, Dave, I really think in the future we're going to see mm-hmm. that change. That's great. And, you know, I would love to see more churches investigate the possibility of starting their own schools. Yeah. They don't have to be big schools. No. You can have a handful of kids, yeah. and that's a handful of kids that have been rescued from the government system. Yes. And... um you know, with the right connections. And one thing I learned about having a Christian school, the administrations love to help each other. The pastors, the principals, the administrators, they want to help other schools get started. Yeah. They're not competing. And I've been in touch with other Christian schools, and they've been a wealth of information for us. Yep. They've really helped us yeah, come you, alongside. Yeah. And what a blessing that is. And and so churches need to know that. We're here to help you. Yeah. If you're a church and you think, you know what, we need to do something for our kids in our church. We want to start a school. Yeah. We'll help you. All of the churches involved in this group will do something to help you get started. And um, it's not an impossible task. No, really you isn't. did it. We did. And what you're saying is that you did it and others can do it as well if they want to. So what you're saying is if we can do it, anybody can do it, right? 
<laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> if we can do it, anybody can do it. That is very true. Well, Dave, I'm glad you came along today and helped us with this. Let's talk a little bit more about your ministry now, what God has called you to, and what the future looks like. Well, the Rhode Island Family Institute uh, is exists so that we can affect policy in our state. And obviously, things like uh, voucher systems for the schools is something that would be a benefit. That's not going to come about unless there's a Christian organization that's actually lobbying for it. I am a registered lobbyist in Rhode Island. Uh, I've been building relationships with uh, legislators probably now for the last five or six years. Mm-hmm. Um and there are a lot, a lot of legislators. We're seeing, a, I think, we're seeing a change. Many of them are wanting to be involved in some of these ethical and moral discussions. Um, and so, I think we're going to see good things. I think God's got some good things up ahead. You've got a Senator Dela Cruz, Jessica Dela Cruz. She's mm-hmm. been awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elaine Morgan, uh, Pat. Um, Pat Morgan as well, Patricia Morgan. Then you've got Frank Lombardi as a senator, very pro-life. Uh, Dr. Corvace in North Providence. Uh, it's not. It it actually goes across party lines, uh, and so we're starting to see some good things happen that way. You know, it's good to know that apart from whatever political affiliation someone has, they still have a belief in God. Yeah, a belief in life in the womb. Yeah, a belief in morality. Yeah. And as you said, love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, these are just these are just things that we need to exist as a society. Yeah. Democrat, Republican, it doesn't matter. But these are the core fundamental truths that we need if a society is going to succeed. Yeah. We do we do have elections coming up, primaries and then elections. So I would just suggest that you do your homework. Mm. Uh, call these people that that are running for office. Find out what their beliefs are. I was just at a home in, in Barrington last week and got to talk to uh, people running for town council and uh, and school committee. Mm-hmm. Two of them running for school committee, town council, and then another guy running for rep- representative. Mm. So, uh, and that's great. You can ask them questions. I know I did. And let's talk about that for a second. There might be people thinking, I like to see change. Well, why don't you run for school committee? How difficult yes. is that? Yeah. Not that difficult, right? Right. You just have to have a heart yeah. to want to do it. I would say pray and uh, ask God if he's asking you. Franklin Graham, when he was here a number of years ago, that was his challenge to Rhode mm-hmm. Island. Mm-hmm. Pray and run for local office. If you mm-hmm. are a Christian and you have strong values that you want to preserve and protect, run for, ask God, yeah. do, do I need to run for office? Can I run for office? Don't so, be intimidated, right? right? Yeah. Hey, our first politicians were farmers. That's true. Right? Yeah. And they're good farmers. They're great politicians too. Yeah. Farmers and growers. and So it's all about the heart, isn't it, Dave? It's yeah. about the heart. Don't you think it's a possibility? We've had some great revivals in New England. Mm. We call them Great Awakenings. And uh, I wonder sometimes, Dave, if we might not be on the verge of another one because it's gotten so dark. Mm. And usually that's when when God begins to uh, shine the brightest. So uh, maybe we're on to see some guy doing a new thing here in New England. We shall see. Pastor Dave Orcoin, thank you for joining me today. A pleasure having you. All right. Thank you, Dave. Thanks for coming along today, New Hope Radio. Hey, catch this at the Hope Club podcast a little later on. Share this message with many, many people. It's an important message. Go to newhopecc.tv. The podcast will be there this afternoon. You can catch it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever good podcasts are found, okay? 
Thanks for coming along. I'll see you next time for more.